0: Everybody, welcome to Thousand Hills Ranch Church. Meet here every Sunday morning at ten thirty a.m. here at the Woodward Livestock Office. Sure, glad you're here. <laughs> down in the floor here, you'll see a uh, guest information table with Bibles and information about the church. Sure, welcome you to look through that and get anything you like there. Immediately after the last song, we'll have children's church down here in the cafe. And Bo tells me not only do we have children's church, we have a, uh, a nursery for the little type. Is that right? That's right. It's hard to believe, folks, but it's one year, two weeks from today, we'll have a one-year anniversary. How about that? <laughs> one-year anniversary here to the sale barn. We invite you to bring anybody you can, all those you can. Here at 10.30 at the sale barn, and then that evening, at the Heggs Ranch, Bo will tell you how to get there. I'm sure there'll be some information coming up about that. He'll have a we're going to have a lot of fun down there. A barn dance, baptisms, have a catfish dinner. Both says to bring a chair and a dessert. Is that right? Yeah, right. And then he wrote on here that said, "Bring your horse. If you want to go riding?" One thing that kind of threw me said we'd have a dummy roping. Well, I don't know that I'm going to be able to be there, so I don't know <laughs> what, who he's going to rope. It's now time for a meet and greet. Stand up, and say hi to everybody. Thank you, both.
1: Good job, everybody. <clears> Thank <throat> you. Stay standing. We're going to sing this song together. It's a good old song. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Hey, he's up here you fired up yet I'm a little fired up I don't know what's in I, did anybody have a red bull this morning anybody know what that is okay well, I didn't have one but I don't need one amen <laughs> got too much sugar in me already here. We go. Sunday, you need to thank them uh, because that way we can keep them. <laughs> that way they'll stick around. Give them a hey. And if you're ready to volunteer, can I get a witness right over here? Mike, 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 Mike. No, 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 no. Anybody want to, you know, be a volunteer for the children's ministry? Come on now, you just gave them a big applause. Uh, we can always use help. We can always use. Um, I just, I don't know uh, what your heart is, but I hope that you're on a team. I hope that you're serving somewhere. And if you don't know what that all is about, um, we can help you explain that to you. We have teams, ministry teams that minister in different areas of our church. And one of these days, we're going to introduce all those teams and introduce the team leaders and and all that fun stuff when we kind of, you know, get in a, uh, well, kind of slow down a little bit and uh, get to where we can do that. But we're going to introduce all that stuff to you as well. Uh, Another thing, how did you guys enjoy the windmill? The newsletter, yeah. Give her a hand, yeah. Is Tracy here today? She's right up here. Tracy Pippen, right here. Give her a hand. She did an awesome job. Are there more out there? Can we check? Are there some more still out there? If you didn't get the windmill, which is our brand new newsletter, feel free to grab one on the table or get an email address to me. At the end of the service, my information will be on the screen. You can text me your email address. And we will add it to our email list, and we will send you a monthly newsletter uh, so that you can get that. Tracy is also working on a brand-new website, um, and so we're going to have a website here in the next few weeks. And we're excited about that, too. It's going to be com. I'm excited. I mean, I don't know about – most cowboys aren't tech-savvy, but this cowboy likes to be a tech-savvy kind of cowboy, right? And uh, we like to do things that are going to reach the next generation, and that's what's going to reach them. And uh, so that's what we're about. Um, Was anybody hot yesterday? going to try to reach men. In the la- I get fired up about this man thing because I love a good friend. I don't know about you, but I love a good guy friend that's going to stick by me, that's going to walk the walk with me, that's going to ride this journey with me, that's going to when it comes to a fight, that's going to stand in front of me and take all the blows. <laughs> just get a big old friend of yours and then he'll take all the bones. Um, no, but but I, I like a good guy friend, and I've got, I, I got a bunch of great guy friends in this church, and I appreciate uh, all of you guys. Um, well, you might be here day and you might be thinking, well, I'm not a man, so what is this going to say to me? Or what's what you have been talking about the last few weeks? What's that going to say to me? Here's the deal. Some of you guys are single, um, and some of you girls are single. I'm trying to show you what it looks like for a man to be a real man and a man that you ought to pursue – pursue, but allowed to pursue you. And so you think, well, I'm not a man. What's this going to talk to me about? What, what what have you been saying all the you know, last few weeks? Here, here's the deal. We want to equip men to be men, not just men that pass on a Western heritage to their kids or to their wives, but pass on a spiritual heritage that's going to last for eternity. That's what it means to be the real McCoy. And that's what we've talked about for the last few weeks. And and again, what does it mean to be the real McCoy? We've looked at it for the last few weeks. The real McCoy man of God fear the Lord. They fear the Lord. You say, what's that mean? It means that you have a respect for the Lord. You love the Lord. You revere the Lord. Then a a real McCoy man obeys the directions. A real McCoy man, this is his manual for life. This is what he reads. This is what he loves. You say, I love the Western Horseman. I do too. But this ought to be your first love, right here. Remember, when we talk about I don't, I don't have time to read. Put it by the John. You always got a time to take a dump. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying, man? I, I said it before, and I'm just gonna be real with you. You've always got time to read the word. Put it on your phone. You've always got your phone. You can read it. Don't give me those excuses. You can find time to read the word. That's what it means to be the the real McCoy. Uh, the real McCoy always rides shotgun. Remember that? I mean, he's on guard. He guards his wife. He protects his wife. And he guards his children from the devil's schemes. Uh, what else? The, the real McCoy men circle the wagons and stand firm in the faith. They stand firm and they fight. Part three was, and last week was, cowboys that are real McCoy cowboys, or real McCoy Christians have cowboy courage. They don't just defend their ground, they take ground. Remember that? They don't just defend their ground, they take ground. And we talked about Tombstone, Wyatt Earp and his brothers, now they took ground from the Cowboys, the outlaw game in the movie Tombstone. Well, here's the deal. Today, I want to kind of wrap it up. And all the men are going, Thank God. Get off my back. And all the women are going, Stick with it, bud. Stick with it. Reach it to my husband. <laughs> He needs to hear it. Every time I, you know, you say something, he elbows me. Or she elbows me. Um, But here's the deal. I'm going to wrap it up today with this final uh, part of the series called The Real McCoy. And I don't know about you, but I'd love to go on a chuck wagon um, or be a part of a chuck wagon when they go out and drag calves. Has anybody ever been on a chuck wagon, stayed a few nights in the chuck wagon or by the chuck wagon? Nobody really, Mark. Uh, maybe a couple guys right over here. That to me would be the, the greatest thing. I was at the the World Championship Ranch Rodeo in Amarillo, and they were having a sale, and they were selling a trip to the Haythorn Ranch in Nebraska, and they were going to allow you to, you know, stay on the chuck with them as they drug calves for three days. I bid. I'm not even going to tell you how much I bid, but I didn't get it, and I wanted it because I love doing that. I love being able to go and stay on the chuck wagon and and uh, take. Well, here's the deal. The chuck wagon is very important because it holds all the supplies. I mean, the cook is the most important person there, right? I mean, you gotta have that, the chuck wagon to carry all the supplies. Well, I wanna show a picture uh, real quick, Abby. This is an example of a chuck wagon. And by the way, I was talking to my my buddy Jim over here, Jim Peck, um, who has a wagon, and uh, we're looking for a wagon, a chuck wagon. And I I was talking to Jim, and Jim said, hey, Bo, I got a guy who can uh, build a chuck wagon for you. And I said, okay, give me his number, and I'll call him. And he's like, no, he's Amish. And I was like, I feel stupid. (laughs) Because it was asked for a phone number to an Amish guy. Um, But anyways, I wrote this dude a letter. I wrote him a letter, first letter I've written in like 20 years. And he wrote me back, and he said, I will build you a chuck wagon. We would love to have a a brand-new chuck wagon that we can take on these truck rides, and all that stuff, and we're gonna also ask him to build us, it, it, unless we can find one that's already built. We're gonna ask him to build us a pup. anybody know what a pup is? It's what you pull behind. It's a little two wheel wagon that you pull behind the chuck wagon to all the, and, and it holds more stuff. You can hold the red, like the bed rolls and all that stuff in there. If you've ever seen the movie The Cowboys, Mr. Nightlinger, remember we talked about this last week. He pulls the chuck wagon and he also has a pup, that little wagon that he pulls behind. His chuck. Well, anyways, here's the deal. On the chuck wagon, you have this tarp, and, and, and it doesn't have one over the bows, which are those little you know, circular deals there. It doesn't have one, but you have a tarp that you use. You can take the one off the bows and use it, or you can have another one. And what is that tarp called that's, that's strung out right there? Anybody know? The what? The fly, right? The fly. Now here's the deal. The fly is very important. If you've ever camped out by a chuck wagon, you've noticed that they all have a fly. And what does it do? It protects everything. It protects the cook. It protects the fire. It protects the cowboys. It protects their bedrolls. It's waterproof, made out of canvas. It protects them from the sun. It protects them from the shade. It covers everything. And it protects them. It's very, very important. Well, here's the deal. But I'm going to get to my my points here in just a second. For the past few weeks, we've been talking about how men, real men, real McCoy men, are to be tough, are to be strong, are to be courageous, are to be a protector and firm in their faith. But there is one thing. Listen, men. There is one thing that has to cover all that we do as men and all that we do as Christians. And here it is. And here's what we're going to look at. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you got your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. I'll give you a second to find that. One thing that's supposed to cover everything that we do, just like that fly does, look at this verse with me. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 and 14. It says this. And we looked at this the last few weeks. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. And then here's the key verse. Do everything in love. Do everything in love. I, I, I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to be um, compassionate and gentle. Anybody with me? Anybody with me? It's hard for you to be compassionate and gentle. Liars. Come on, guys. You guys, are you're lying. I mean, if you grew up with two older brothers like I did and you got the snot kicked out of you, it's hard to go to your son when he falls and go, oh, you little know, sweetheart, you just get on up. From the words that we speak, from the responses that we make to our wives, guys? Right? How we respond ought to be done out of love. The way that, that, that we talk should be out of love. If we are going to be men and even women that reach the unchurched, we must do everything out of love. You say, well, what's that look like? Give me some examples. So here's the deal. What does, what does that kind of love look like? Then I'm going to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Here's point number one, you Ready? Point number one, love is the real gift. Love is the real gift. Look at this scripture with me, verses 1 through 3. It says this, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I I have the gift of prophecy and fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Do you see what they're talking about here? I mean, they're talking about these spiritual gifts, and he's talking to the church in Corinth, and he's saying, if you can have all these spiritual gifts, but if you don't have love, you ain't got nothing. Did you, you see the first part of that verse? It, it says, "What happened to it?" It says, "If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol." I don't know about you, but how many of you guys were in the band when you were in junior high? I mean, that was the coolest thing ever, right? I mean, I thought I. I mean that's the only thing I can really handle. Well, it's it's kind of annoying, especially when you have ADD like me. For a guy to be standing in the corner just practicing his cymbal by himself, <laughs> I mean that's just annoying, right? I mean, here's, I'm the guy that they tried to beat up because I was a little idiot standing in the corner with my cymbal. You know? Well, here's the deal. Annoying. I mean, it says it in those verses. You can have all these gifts, but if you don't have love, you're like a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I don't know about you, but I get annoyed. By some little sounds and I always tell on myself, and I don't know why I do it in front of 200 and something people, but I, ch- I, I just want to, okay? I'm going to tell myself. I'm a little OCD. Anybody with me? Okay, thank you, Alyssa. Thank you, guys, so much for relating to me. I'm a little OCD. Little, little noises just drive me up a wall. I'm just like, holy Singlet. You know what a singlet is? It's that skinny outfit that all those wrestlers wear. I mean, you got to be a real man to do that, right? I mean, help me out here. You got to be a real man to do that. Some of you guys are thinking, no, they're just a bunch of weirdos (laughs) wrestling. But here's the deal. I had a friend. His name was Cassie Prestro. He was a freckle-faced, pale white, white boy. But that boy could wrestle. I'm telling you this. He was the slowest guy in practice. He was the, you know, he didn't want to practice. He didn't want to do anything. But when he got on the mat and it was time to turn the lights on and it was time for him to wrestle, he could wrestle. He was like a two-time state champion in wrestling. In the state championship match, I'll never forget it. He looks at his opponent and he goes, I'm number one. And he says, bring it on. And he starts walking around the, the, the mat going, I'm number one. I'm number one. I mean, this dude that he was wrestling was one of the best in the state, and he's sitting there telling him, I'm number one. And he would take that dude down at will and make him look silly. But here's the deal. Cassie Prescott, two-time state champion, didn't really care. Didn't love wrestling. His dad made him wrestle. Hated it. He cared less. Listen, I mean, it's annoying to be around gifted people that don't have a love for what they're gifted to do, right? Listen, you've got to have love. It doesn't really matter what gifts you have, whether it's faith or prophecy or tongues or generosity. If our motivation isn't love, we don't have anything. Some of the greatest cowboys that I've ever been around love their horses. They don't beat them. They don't. They don't. You know, chew on them. I mean, they might show them. You know, who's boss. But they have soft hands. They can make those horses do anything they want because they showed them love. That's what the greatest cowboys that I've ever ridden with can do. And here's the deal. And, and it also works with teenagers. Those of you that have little kids, can I give you a piece of advice that I, that I got a long time ago? Here it is. Rules without a relationship equals rebellion. Rules without a relationship equals rebellion. I can make my kids do whatever I want them to do. I can make them. I can, I can make them stand on their head. I can make them you know, eat dirt. I can make them do whatever I want them to do. But if I don't show them love, if I don't have a relationship with them, if I don't hold them and, and, and love them and, sh- and just give them some freedom, guess what? It will equal rebellion. Love has to be a part of your relationship with your kids. If you're raising your kids and you're just going to put your thumb down and make them do everything they're going to do, you will have a rebellious kid when he gets out from underneath you, who only will be motivated by fear and hate. Love has to be a part of everything. So love is the real gift. Here's number two. Why do we do everything in love? Number two is this. Love never fails. Love never fails. Look at verse 8. It says, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be sealed. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Listen, the church here in Corinth that that Paul is talking to, they were making such a big deal about all these spiritual gifts. And what does Paul tell them? They'll all pass away. Every gift that you have, every buckle that you won, every car that you drive, all the horses that you ride, they are all just temporary. All the gifts that you have, all the talents that you have, they're all just temporary. But you know what never fails? Love. You know what's, what? There's only two things that are eternal, I believe. The soul and love. Love is eternal. It never ceases. It never fails. It says all these gifts are going to cease, but love is enduring. Love is everlasting, and love conquers all. <coughs> now here's where I'm going to pick on my wife. i actually bragging on my wife. My wife is the most loving person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> she is. If you, if you meet anybody that's ever met my wife, you will never hear somebody say a bad word about my wife. I've never heard it, because my wife is the most loving person that I've ever met. My wife will give up the, the last bowl of ice cream, and that's love. <laughs> I'm telling you, because she loves <laughs> ice cream. She'll give it up. If my kid wants the last lick of a popsicle, she'll give the last lick of a popsicle. If, if there's someone that needs a place to sleep and my wife can give up her spot, it, you know she'll give it up. Listen, my wife is the most loving person that I know. Listen, that's what it means to be the real deal. She covers everything in love. She shows our kids love. She shows me love. In spite of what I do, she shows us love. Listen, if we're going to do something that matters in eternity, then we must cover everything that we do in love. Now, let me just say this about our church. It's our desire to reach the unchurched Western culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ by tearing down religious barriers and building authentic relationships. That's our purpose. But here's how we reach them once they get here. You ready? We love them. We love them. My youth minister growing up, his name is Billy Morgan. Guess what kind of church he started? A biker church. Guess how many people meet at a biker church in Duncan, Oklahoma today? How many people they've seen saved since they started the church? Over, probably, I would say over 200 people saved in about three years, a biker church. My my youth minister, he, he was the best at this. He didn't care what you looked like. He didn't care if you had ink all over you. He didn't care if you had tattoos or, or earrings or you wore your skirt too short or you wore spaghetti straps or you were showing too much. He didn't care. He wanted you to be there. He wanted you to, to be loved, and he accepted you just like you were. That's what we're going to be about. If you want to judge people, if you, if you want to look at people and go, they shouldn't be here, there's the door. Because we're here to love people. Now, I don't know about you, but I am a, I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. There is nothing that I've done good enough that I deserve the grace of God. But I have received the love of Jesus Christ, and that's what makes me special. And that's what the unchurched culture needs. And so, sure, God is going to use your gifts to reach the world. But it is our love that will change them forever. And more importantly, it's God's love that will change them. Here's number three, and I'm done. What what does it mean to do everything in love? Well, love comes from knowing Christ personally. He said, I don't have the power to love that guy at work. He's a jerk. I mean, I I don't have the power to love that girl at work. She's a gossip. I don't have the power to love my husband. He's done me wrong. I don't have the power to love my ex-wife because she did me wrong. Listen, you will never be able to show love toward those kind of people without a relationship with Christ. You just can't do it. My wife is the most loving person in the world. But I couldn't love her like I need to without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen to this verse and I'm done. 1 John 4. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love, whoever does not love, does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Listen, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a tiny sacrifice for our sins. Verse 19, we love because God loved us. The only way that you're going to be able to show anybody love is to possess the love of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. And here's the thing. Now that I'm preaching on loving everybody, guess what's going to happen? Somebody's going to enter into your life that's going to try you. And you're going to be tempted not to love. It happens. it happens to me. I'm going to get a phone call. Somebody's going to chew me out. Or I'm going to do something wrong. and Somebody's going to chew me out. And I'm going to have a choice to make on whether I'm going to love him or retaliate. Listen, men. <coughs> and again, I'm not good at this at all either. But we are to love our wives. If you're too tough to love your wife, And again, I'm not real good at it either. I, but it's it's your calling as a husband. Single men, listen: if you want a uh, if you want a wife someday, you got to learn how to love them. You got to put them before yourself. If you want your children to love you, you've got to love them. Give them some freedom. Show them love. Roll around on the carpet with them. Get on a horse with them. Do something with them to show them love. Everything that we do is to be covered by love. Everything in your life, everything in this church, and everything for eternity. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. You guys know the God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved each and every one of us so much that He gave His Son so that you might be able to experience God's love. You may be here today, and you may be thinking, well... (laughs) You know what? I got a loving wife. I got loving children. I got all that stuff. I feel fulfilled. Well, listen. If you've never experienced God's love, you've never experienced true love. Because here's the deal: His love is unconditional. His love is everlasting. His love is is in spite of our circumstances. His love is in spite of our failures. His love is there and never ends. And you can have that love. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. If you confess your sins, if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. You know what that means? He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. And he'll give you eternal life. Listen, God loves you, and He wants a personal relationship with you. Do you have questions about that? You want to give your heart to Christ. You want to say, okay, I want to confess Him as my Lord. I want to begin to live for Him. Listen, it's not about coming down to the front, it's not about filling out a card, it's not about joining a church. It's about joining the family of God by confessing Him as your Lord and Savior and believing in your heart that God raised Him. That's all it is. Maybe you're here today and you haven't experienced love for a long time. Maybe your parents were jerks. Maybe your, your husband's a jerk. Maybe your wife is just twisted off. For that Maybe you're... Christian here today and you're really gifted. You know all the word. You, you've done it all. But you don't love people. Maybe you're the biggest jerk at work. Maybe you're the worst boss. Maybe you look at your hired hands and you go, they're just a nothing. And you don't treat them with love. You don't invite them to your dinner table. You treat them like dirt. Listen. I don't know about you, but I, I, I believe God died for sent us son, Jesus Christ, to die for their sins as well. And they're just as equal in love in God's eyes as you are. And I guarantee you, if you're a boss, if you're you're the leader of a business, or if you just have co-workers, if you begin to love them, God will change them. And he will change you. So I hope that you'll cover everything that you do in love. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a word I thank you today for your word. I thank you that there are some real McCoy men in this audience that want to live for you, that that fear you, that love your word. Lord, I pray for more. I pray that these men would step up, that they would saddle up and begin to ride for you with all they've got. Lord, I thank you for the wives that are in here that love us no matter what we do, for the children that you've given us, and I pray that we would show them love. But most of all, we thank you for the love of your son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth and and died on a cross for our sins so that we might have eternal life. And So we thank you, Lord, that it's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. May God bless the ride that you're on.